Good morning, everyone. Gadget here with Sean Vince Nepal. Again, this is sort of the anniversary interview, I guess you can call it. And we're going to start a new series called Ask and Answer, where we bring up uh, around 10 questions. I think we talked about 10 questions uh, to each other. And I'm going to answer them. He's going to answer them. He's going to ask some questions. Really, really interesting. You want to stay tuned for the entire thing. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the channel and subscribe to the podcast, Controlled Chaos, if you haven't already. Check this out. Almost a year to the day that we did this first interview, and it's been an insane year. Absolutely. Uh, recap the year to you. In your eyes, the last 365 days, what's the year been like for you? Man, I think this might have been like my most successful year career-wise. Yeah. Because what we started with, the Heaven Shoe. Yeah, Heaven was the that first was, one. That was the top of the year. Drop that. And ever since then, it's just been like, you know what it was? This was the year that I realized how to practice being prolific over being perfect. What are you, what's the difference there? Because once, once you're trying to always be perfect, you're going to be hindered in how much you can release. Right, right. But if you practice to be prolific, you're, it's content. Because, like, say if you are able to make, if you're able to release... 30 pieces of art. Yeah. Okay. And of 30, you have a solid average of 7.5. Right. You either do that, and out of those 30 7.5s, you have three nines. Mm -hmm. Or you can spend all year working on two pieces of art that are tens. Right, 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 right. What's, what's really worth it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, especially in the art world. Yeah, especially right? now. Yeah, it's definitely a quality over quantity thing, yeah. no matter what. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just like learning to practice to be prolific over like trying to be perfect and letting go. That was that was this year that I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm realizing how the greats do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like when you think about the greats, they're just pumping shit out like yeah, all the yeah. time, but it's consistently good. Yeah. You know, so like that was a challenge. But yeah, this meant this year I. But I'd put out the mixtape, um, the SVDP2 mixtape, put out a bunch of singles. Mm -hmm. um, and then midsummer, me and I felt like it was nonstop for you. Non there was always something going always. on. Always. Yeah, I did a bunch of secret projects. Yeah. I did a bunch of. I think I recapped, I, I directed like 12 videos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So six music videos. Yeah. Summer was a turning point when me and Janssen got together right on, on this floor right here. Yeah. Did started just. Amazing raps. Yeah, it was which like, blew up, to say the least. Yeah, right. But I that mean, was millions, totally unexpected. But it was just like Merlingham raps again. A series that you guys created, mixing his sort of Carnatic background with your rap, your flow, and, and really millions and millions and millions of views, and and still counting yeah, yeah. globally. Yeah, never been done turning before. Point. That's turning point. Yeah. So that was that first time was a test run. Yeah. And that was what middle of the year, and then. The rest of the year, like completely shifted, where you became involved. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I just want to say, man, I want to say how much I appreciate how much our relationship has evolved from last year. Because yeah. last year I didn't know you that well. Yeah. It was more like interviewer. Yeah. Let me just do this interview. Yeah. Which I did a favor to Nabs. Because yeah. I didn't know who the fuck you were. Shout out to Nabs. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. um, and she's like, let's do the interview, and I was like. And then, but it evolved, and I consider you a good friend, a very close collaborator. Yeah. Man, I super appreciate that. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. I mean, this year has been insane, and uh, I'll, I'll say it right now. Like, the, the format here is ask and answer, so we're going to ask each other things, answer to ourselves as well. And, and this last year, it's just, you know, meeting someone like you, top of the year. Yeah. It was a pivotal point, and that, that heaven project that you guys created, the image that I was able to pull from that experience... Yeah. And I say this all the time. I, I, it's very hard for me to like one of my pictures after I've shot. Like it's, it's, it's great in the moment, and then it's just like I'm, I'm thinking about the next one yeah. a few weeks after I'm done editing it. But that is still one of the greatest images I've ever created. Okay. I was going to I was going to ask you that having covered top five, it's oh, top man. five, it's probably like, a top two right okay, now. That's what I'm that saying. That I've ever created, right? Yeah. And uh, that was that was like almost this moment of clarity for me. And there's been a couple of moments of clarity in my life. Yeah. Uh, one is my son being born. I mean, that's still number one. It's just like ultimate level of clarity. And I can talk about that in another show. But this 
creating that image just showed me that it does not matter how much noise you make. It does not matter how many followers you have. It does not matter. Like at the end of the day, when the, when you create something so powerful that, you know, it just, it creates like this hunger inside yeah, of you, of this, this, this wanting to chase it further and further. That is, that is above everything else. Of course. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like yeah. in that moment, it was like a, a just moment of clarity where I just saw what great art can do for me as a human being. Yeah. Forget everyone else. Just for me, myself. I, it, you know what's funny is like there are moments of creating. When you create a piece of art, you could like actually feel yourself evolve. Yeah. And that sounds like what you're <laughs> That's explaining. That's exactly what it, it's the, There's like actually like, whoa, like that was a clear mo- moment where I evolved. Yeah. You yeah. Know? 100%. And I saw that. I'm just like, even when I saw that image, I'm like, God damn, yeah. like, this shit is, <laughs> that shit is, yeah. It was, it was one of those things. It was Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan <laughs> moments yeah. where I, I got, and I was just like, okay, this is, a, and then what happened was that we did the most shoots we've ever done in a year. Um, and it's not like we were just doing things because we want, it was because we were planning them, orchestrating them and really thinking about everything. And now we're at a level where we do one or two shoots per month, Yeah. but everything is planned. Everything yeah, is you're, like, you're hella meticulous with your, with your yeah, show, which, yeah. I, which I love, like, <laughs> you know, it's, which I'm, doesn't I'm, make things impervious to mistakes because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. one thing you'll know is that you can go in with the greatest intentions and the greatest work ethic, but you know, everyone kind of has to follow suit. You know, everyone has to kind of have their ducks in a row and want that as badly as you. Of course. Yeah. The right. The team is, is key. Yeah. It's key. Yeah. 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 Um, I digressed from like the, the middle of the year. Yeah. Just, we started with the, the, that first episode and then since episode two, did all the, the most recent, you've been there for the ride. Been honored to. Yeah. Honored to. So honestly, you shot all of them. And, um, I remember when we shot episode three, the all white, before we sat down, there was like a gang of us in the room. Yeah. And I, I, no air conditioning. No air conditioning. Janssen hates that I bring it up, <laughs> yeah. you know, our collaborator here, but I can yeah. remind her every single time again, no air conditioning. Fam, but the, the skin was glistening though. <laughs> the, back, the pictorials oh. were glistening. Um, but I remember distinctly saying, before you hit record, I'm like, yo, we're making history right now. Yeah, I remember. We're going we're gonna to remember this day because we're making history. Yeah. And I said it like with conviction and in passing as like, yo, I'm yeah. just talking my shit. Yeah. But I was right. Yeah. We were making history. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I was like, it, not even like I'm here making history. It was yeah. just like, yo, the people in this room collectively, yeah. this is go, going to go down as, yeah. as part of like Tamil history. Yeah. Really a vessel for, again, like you said, Tamil history, right? Where a group of us, similar backgrounds, coming together, expressing our art in different ways, in our own different elements, but all contributing to that shared vision. The Voltron had to come together. (laughs) That's what it is. The Voltron had to come Uh, together. Over, under for three and a half anime (laughs) references in this interview. (laughs) We're already at two. No, but it really was an experience like that. So again, let me use this to lead into the first question. Yeah. Yeah, we're obviously going to start with the hardest question first. What is your long-term purpose in life and why? I think this this question is like, the answer to this question has always been um, evolving for me. Right. You know, when I first started making, because the why is so important anytime you're doing anything in art or any field. But, um, you know, when I first started just rapping, it wasn't for a larger cause. It wasn't for any kind of... It was just because I just... I just fucking love rap. Yeah. I just like... That's all I wanted to do. I just... All day, every day. It's the craft. It's just I fell in love with the craft. Mm-hmm. So so my purpose wasn't really defined yet other than me just wanting to be great. Right. And then like, you know, my career evolves. I evolve a little bit. Then my purpose becomes like, I want a name for myself or a voice. Right. For myself. And then, you know, fatherhood comes into play and then I have a a bigger platform. Mm -hmm. I'm at the point now from like a competitive standpoint, Mm -hmm. my purpose is to be one of the greatest artists of this generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From a life standpoint, from a a much bigger, like uh, ego-free standpoint, I want to now be a voice for our community. Like, yeah. that's super important to me. Yeah. Um, before, that wasn't a thought of mine. 
you know, it was more just like, I love this, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it was more like me wanting to be the best at that. But now mm -hmm. I feel this responsibility mm -hmm. of, of um, representing mm -hmm. our town community. Right, you know? right. And I think like beyond that, the largest, like my biggest life purpose, I think, is is fatherhood. It's just right. like is his legacy and leaving you know making sure my daughter is proud of me yeah is you know that that that'll trump anything over art yeah over you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's but yeah but i think you know if you ask me 10 years from now i think that that the why will maybe change again yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. what about you like what you know, for me, it was one of the same thing where you always think you know what your purpose in life was, and it was always shifting. And I remember even at an early age when I was like sneaking into concerts and you know grabbing the best pictures I could, and then emailing it to like promoters to get gigs. Like you know, I thought I knew what my purpose was then, but never in my life have I felt so strongly about it up until 2016 when I started on this trajectory to where I'm at now. And like you said, there's other purposes in life, both in my personal side. Uh, and maybe even my career side. But when it comes to my creative vision, my purpose in life, and something that's probably decades out, is to create award-winning documentaries about our people, yeah. our community. And the reason I say award-winning is because that will give me uh, proof that it wasn't something that just our people watched, right. but the world right. watched. The world witnessed the yeah, story yeah. that we had to say, right? Yeah. And, and to, to put it amongst other greats and recognize that this was an amazing piece and validate the truths, truths yeah. in that piece. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you can't give an award really to anything that is so disingenuous. Which, which also right? goes to our, another thing I want to bring up was this idea of validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you, an award-winning documentary. Like, we're saying if you made this, the, the documentary, right? Yes. That's going to be the award-winning. And I know you will. Yeah. Um, say if you made that documentary... And it didn't get the award. Yeah. Say you lost, you didn't get the award. Yeah. Would it still mean the same thing to you? Or would you want now, would you want to like have to re one up yourself and go at it again? I'm, I'm, tr I'm hoping that the 40, 30, 40 years from now version of me yeah. has the same fire in my belly that I do now. Right. Because if I were to create my first, second, or third feature link documentary right. and it doesn't win an award, the mindset I have right now is, all right, let's make the next one. Like, right. let's just, right, let's right, find right. the next story and, and let's yeah. do it. Because it is this, it, you know, when you're so in love with the process, and I hope that never leaves me. Yeah. It, it's almost like the award doesn't matter. Yeah. It's more uh, external. Yes. It's, more, it's yes. more like the community amongst themselves and the peoples and the bureaucrats right. amongst right. themselves right. have come to an agreement. Yeah. Whereas I'm over here just feeding them as much yeah. as I can in love with this. Yes. In love with this. Right, um, and even if it does win, like this is another scary thing. What if it wins an award on the first go around? Right, right. Then what? And for me, it's just I'm still confident that the process will be so attractive and fun and, and fulfilling. And, and, and I think an so. audience could always uh, sense that. They can, an audience could always smell authenticity. Yeah, you know when it comes from like a place of purpose yeah. and a place of validation. And I think as artists, like. Validation is a motherfucker because yeah. it's like, when I think about it, creating like, I don't think I've ever seeked validation because mm -hmm. I was always, the, the happiest I've always been was when I was in my room or studio just creating. The validation part always came from proving to other people. Right. So it's, I don't give a shit about actually winning the award myself because it's not going to make me feel like I'm a better artist now because like a panel of 10 people decided right. to give me that award. But now I can flex on my parents and be like, yeah. I told you I was good, <laughs> but I already knew I was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's the thing about validation is like, it's, it's a scary thing, especially for young artists because growing up, like, you know, when, when I was first started making music, I'm like, if I get on this magazine, then I'll feel validated. Mm -hmm. But then I get on that magazine, I'm like, well, I, I kind of just feel the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't feel better now that this this magazine posted me. Right, right, right. If you win an award, you're like, well, is that gonna, does that make you a better artist? Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's validation is a weird thing. And, I'm, and I think the the older I get and the more art I make, the less I care about validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, 
the most satisfying, I guess, validation is always from uh, my peers that I respect. That means more than anything. So that's where I was going to go. For me, where I'm at now, there's a close group of people, yourself, my team, my wife, and so at some point my son. Yeah. Like that is my core validation. Yeah. Have, am I creating things that this core group of people, my yeah. foundational group of people, that they find appealing, interesting, thought-provoking, maybe even controversial, whatever it is, yeah. that's the sort of the core group amongst it. And I'm not going to lie, like seeing other people, I don't know if it's validation, but if it gives value to other people, that makes me feel remarkably happy, right? If it gives them no value, then I'm, I'm pretty good at sort of signaling, signaling it out the noise. If it gives them hate, actually, that kind of gives me a little bit of motivation <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I won't lie, I actually enjoy when people try to discredit the work. I imagine you might get yeah. a little bit of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, but for me, like I can't lie about it. When I see other people enjoying the artwork, sharing the artwork unprovoked, like on their own volition, yeah. that's a, that gives me validation. So it's not necessarily something that I, I seek, but I won't lie. It does make me feel really good about mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's also like, um, for people that are not in the field, you know, those, those forms of validation, like, awards or anything like that it's a it's an easy way for them to weed out like for example like when i'm watching a movie i'll I'll check the rotten tomato score right right but that's all it's that movie and like just because i don't have the time to like yeah watch 100 movies per year right but if i know it's got a rotten tomato 99 i'm gonna check it out you have to at least see it i have to at least see it yeah yeah, yeah. you know and i feel like a lot of people are the same way with music i'm like if, if it won a grammy or if it won an oscar yeah more than likely they're going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's to say, like you know, there is a, a team of very passionate panels and people that are invested in those awards. Right. Um, they are experts in their fields usually, but then yeah. there's also like a bunch of politics. You know, yeah, like that, I think uh, I don't think Nas or Snoop have ever won a Grammy. Really? Yeah, which is fucked up. I think the only Grammy... I mean, you'd assume that they have. Yes, exactly. You'd assume two legends yeah. have won. But then again, Kendrick's debut album didn't win a Grammy to Macklemore. I, I was just going to say, Macklemore does have, <laughs> I think, multiple Grammys. Nas, zero. Yeah. I don't think Snoop has a Grammy. So it's it's kind of like, you know, those yeah. things kind of like, well, what does it mean now? Yeah. You know, like, um, even in, in Canada, like, uh, I don't think Drake even applies for the Jew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that make the Junos valid? We're the greatest yeah. artist that came out of our country. Yeah, yeah. The biggest artist. Doesn't even apply? Yeah. Now what does that say about the Junos? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a weird thing because I get what you mean in terms of, yes, it, it is validating, but yeah. it's also, it's a tricky thing to, I, I, I just think for, as an artist, it's dangerous when you rely on those kind of external 100%. things. It's dangerous. 100%. When it's, it's the only thing. It could be like a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the if you if, if that fire that process yeah. is still not motivating you, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when you're you know for me it's it's this idea and I know that at the back of my head and I sometimes chuckle about it is that if you can go in and win an Oscar where the Oscar industry is such a crooked industry yeah, yeah. like how undeniable right is your artwork as well yes that's right right that's and, and first and foremost and this kind of ties into my next question it is about telling the story of our people. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this is a question that you brought up for this interview. I'll throw it to you first. But how important is it for you to document sort of your people, your community in the art that you produce? At this point in my life, very important. Yeah. Um, I've always had that that goal, that purpose. Yeah. Um, even before, like seven, eight years ago. But I always I had this fear that it would, if I told the story, it would fall on deaf ears. Yes. And that's always been a fear of mine. Yeah. But now, like, my platform is big enough where I tell the story, people will hear it. Yeah. Um, and because I have, I've, I have a voice, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a voice mm-hmm. in our community. I have to use that voice. Yeah. You know, our people specifically have been through too much for us as creatives of us being in. A, a, we are in privileged positions, mm-hmm. being in Canada, being able to mm-hmm. create, mm-hmm. Um, having this voice, that it would be a disservice to our community if we didn't use that voice for to speak on what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and what we're, I think the root of what we're getting to is 
the, 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 there's a specific experience that we've had. Yeah. Like not many communities have been through, have experienced watching their people get wiped out, like yeah. genocide essentially yeah. Yeah. of this, like what the, one of the longest civil wars in yeah. history. Yeah. Like that's a very specific experience. Yeah. And even when, if we weren't there to, uh, to suffer through that, mm -hmm. you know, like our parents had to like experience it. We still have to watch our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. experience it. it, it it's and, a global and the ramifications of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 so it's like, of course, like there's, there's this, uh, more so than like, it's a responsibility, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so. yeah, you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. what it is. And it's like acknowledging that responsibility. Cause I think I've never wanted to be labeled a Tamil rapper. Yeah. I feel like that always puts me in a box. Yeah. And then the moment people bring it up is like, it, it, it doesn't allow me to be competitive on a global level once mm. they label me as a, a Tamil artist or a Tamil anything. Yeah. But it is very important that I represent. Because no matter what I do, it's going to be Tamil art just yeah. by because I'm a, a Tamil man making yeah, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super important, right? At this point, like that's it's a priority for me. Yeah. And that's what the next album is. It's, it's, it's literally based... Because the first album was a conversation with God. Yeah. The second album was a conversation with my lover. Yeah. And the third album is for our people. Yeah. So whether other people fuck with the album, yeah. that's a bonus. Yeah. But it is for us. Yeah, it's yeah. for us. And like you, what about you? Because you have been the guy kind of in our community, in the Toronto scene anyway, to be documenting this renaissance, this arts renaissance that's happening in yeah, Tamil, yeah, like yeah. In, in within the Tamil community, you've been that guy. Yeah. Very um, quietly. <laughs> Very, try, yeah. Try to... But like you, you like, if I'm not mistaken, you've like, you've shot majority of like the, the heavy hitters, I yeah, guess, within yeah, our community. In, our, in their community, in this audience. Yeah, right. Yeah, you've yeah. like, um, was that like a, a purposeful thing that you set out to do? Or was it something that you came over time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I talked about the long-term purpose and to get there is developing a lot of skills. And along the way, part of it was building an audience. And, you know, whether it's YouTube or the podcast, whatever it is, creating all different types of media to attract an audience, build this audience to millions of people so that when I put out these films, there's already two, three million people ready to watch it. And through that process, it has been incredibly important for me to tell the stories of other tumbles in our community doing amazing things and the same way that you wouldn't want to be labeled a tumble rapper right? right like i don't want to be a tumble creator that's right i am tumble, but i just want to be one of the greatest creators period when it comes to documenting our story when it comes to pot the podcasting space yeah. when it comes to youtube like i am on that track that i'm laser focused on making sure that comes to fruition and you know it, it's so important and one of my core beliefs is that as you move on this journey to do bigger, better, greater, more impactful things, how many people can you uplift along the way? That's right. How many people can you give a platform along the way? And the Tamil story, you know, the question back to me is, it's incredibly important. When I was young, it was more a chip on my shoulder, mm -hmm. where it's like having senior people go through what they've been through, you know, genocide, civil war, all that kind of stuff. And I've been to Sri Lanka during the war, during the ceasefire, and then after the war. Yeah. Right. And, and being that close to it and seeing people in, in, in that environment before was just a chip on my shoulder. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like for a lot of us, yeah. you carry that weight wherever you go. I still do. It, it shapes you. Right. Yeah, yeah. And now it's at a place where I've been able to direct it and I've actually been able to pull it into my long term purpose. And part of it is also along this way. The reason it's important is that if I don't tell this story. Yeah. then I leave it up to others that may be less qualified mm -hmm. to do so. That's right. Right. So anyone listening to this, anyone watching this, I'll say the same thing. Whatever community you come from, and especially by Tamil community here that are listening to this, it's up to you to tell your story and represent your community. Or That's someone else will. Or someone else will. Yeah, always. And always. I uh, I will not rest easy knowing that. And that's mm -hmm. why like the, you know, having the awards and all that kind of stuff is great. But the reason I'm so bought into the purpose and enjoying the process and creating a process I enjoy, surrounding myself with people like you and, and our team is because 
I know that if I don't do this, I am just rolling the dice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hoping that someone else will go and do it. Yes. And I don't want to, I don't want that. I don't want that. You know, when I'm, when I'm 75, 80 and, you know, an octogenarian was rolling my way through, like I want to be able to comfortably know that I did everything in my power and I did not waste my youth to tell our story the best way I could. And that's, that's really what it is. And, um, the interesting thing is like, as you talk about it and we talk about it, this ties into something that you brought and it's really having this sort of competitiveness to art, Yeah, bringing an athletic approach to art and to your craft. Yeah. Um, talk about that. What does that mean to you? I think that's something that I connected with you immediately is that you're very like your ethic, but like you have an athlete's mentality to art. And I'm like, I know people, I was like, art is subjective. I'm like, fuck, I don't have time for that shit. I'm trying to make the greatest art in the world. Yeah. I'm like, but yeah, I, like having an athlete's mentality, having an athlete's mentality allows me to, one, it's just an ethic thing. It might be just like a safety net for me yeah. in terms of just like always making sure that I'm evolving as yeah. an artist. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that competition is good. Like, why do you think rap is the the strongest or the most impactful mm-hmm. genre in the world right now? Mm-hmm. Why has it been the most dominant genre yeah. of all genres in the last, what, 10 years, 15? Maybe even more. Maybe, maybe, maybe you count more, the rise of it, right? right? Because it is so competitive. It yeah. is so competitive. Yeah. And it's like that athlete's mentality within rap that only it only benefits the culture. Yeah. It only benefits the art. Yeah. And yeah, I've always, you know, I'm wanting to be, I always say, I will go down as one of the greatest artists of our, of our generation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, top 5,000, <laughs> relatively, <laughs> like, re- re- relatively, that's still one of the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're looking at a global yeah, 7.9 billion people. Exactly. That's still somewhere in the decimal fraction yeah. of being top 1,000, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, having that athlete's mentality, yeah, I, I just love competing with, you know, there is, for me, it's also, I do think there is objectively good art. Yeah. The other day, I was at a, at a, a house party, and I think someone put on, like, um, I think it was, like, a, a Garth Brooks song. Yeah. And they're like, you like this song? I'm like, you know, I would never in a million years listen to this on my spare time by yeah. myself. Yeah. But this is undeniably... A great song whether i like this genre whether i'm familiar with this you know what i mean yeah. it's just undeniably good art yeah and i do think there is undeniably good art you just have to be studied in the field of whatever it is yeah like whether like songwriting structure you know like all yeah. those things and i can see that and i'm like i'm I, I thrive for that i thrive to be like to make undeniably good art mm-hmm. as as it all egotistically sure but also as a service to the people i'm like i'm trying to give the people Mm -hmm. like the incredible work that's very important to me yeah and you have that same approach that's we connected that right away you have this like undeniable like yo i'm gonna be the greatest i'm like also ethic athletes don't like with, with athletes there's no excuse yeah you either have a championship ring or you don't. Yeah. Your yeah. stats all are there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like, there's, there's, there's no effort uh, awards there. Yeah. It's yeah. just like you win or you don't. Yeah. And I, I, I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have a similar approach. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think at some point that mentality could be a hindrance? This is one of these pieces of advice that I'm very reluctant to give out and I don't talk about. And the fact that you've seen it is only because you're part of it like a close group of people. Yeah. And this is something I guess I'll talk about now is this one, it is this undeniable zero fucks given level of competitiveness. And this is like not many people know about me because I walk around with a lot of fucking humility. Yeah. yeah. Um, you should teach me sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, I almost feel like a, a Bruce Wayne Batman kind of yeah, thing yeah, where yeah. it's just, it's Bruce Wayne is the mask. You put this on right. because you're, you're shaking hands and all that kind of stuff, meet and greets and, and like, 
keeping up this persona so you have more access and you're furthering that journey. But inside, it is this brooding and like you have to manage that ego. Yeah. But I see so much competition in everything that I do. Like I see, com- I see competition in my place of work. Yeah. I see competitors on YouTube and other creative spaces. I see competition in the photography that I'm doing. I see competition in other people that might be in a totally different field, yeah. but still creating. And I am lucky enough that you know, growing up around sport and having that sort of like being open to sport in general. Yeah. Being able to find a way and having maybe I guess the right sort of environmental factors. Yeah. That I can use that in a healthy way, where. I can be, and again, I guess healthy is subjective. Like, yeah. you know, someone on the outside, I see it's scary. But for right, me, right. it's just, I, I, I sometimes will just zone in on something so much and will it to, ex, to it existence yeah. by sheer work ethic. That's and, right. you know, hitting 10,000 subscribers on YouTube this year, we willed it because yeah. of our work ethic. That's it wasn't just we wished for it to happen. Yeah. When we started seeing those milestones go down, I remember sending a message to the team we're going to do 10K. It's going to happen yeah, in December, yeah, yeah. and we're going to celebrate. But meanwhile, public I'll be like, hey, man, thank you for the support. Blah, yeah, blah. yeah, of course, of course. But I just in the behind the scenes, and I said, you know this. You are, you are, you are similar in this way, yeah, yeah. where you will just like tune out the noise, go quiet, maybe not respond to many messages, and just work and work and work. And yeah. then what do you know? Here's a week's worth of content or like a month's worth of content, uh, content week after week after week. Um, but at what point does it hinder you? Okay, what, so at what yeah, point does yeah. that 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 like? I understand the advantage yeah. of competition. Yeah. At what point do you think it becomes a hindrance? I, I think when you start to sacrifice time with those that are loved ones. Mm. Like, for me, it'd be mm. my wife and son, and yes, you know it's something yes, that yes. I this year I like to think that I've been able to find a better balance, seeing in their happiness yeah. and sort of their response to it. So that's yeah. why I think it is. But it can become this beast that goes out of control. Of course. You won't know it until other people tell you. That's right. Right? And that's why it's a tricky thing and I try not to tell people as much. But having competitive can be – it can be a superpower or it can be your worst enemy because you start to see your friends, your family just alienate you and Mm -hmm. move further apart and strain the relationship there, right? That's that's a very common thing that experienced – people wise people will always tell you is like you will regret the time you don't spend with your loved ones and i'm like i always remind myself of that um it's a tricky thing to navigate because me as a father one of my most important things is to make sure that my daughter looks up to me and she's proud of me she's proud Mm. of who i am Mm. as as a person yes and she can look up to me that might be a, like a cutthroat thing to say, but that is more important to me than me being physically there every single day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that legacy, the way she looks at me, will shape her. Yes. The same way that, you know, my mother, that's how my parents were the same way. Yeah. Is that, you know, my mother wasn't there every single day. Yeah. But like now I look at her, I'm like, wow, like you are who I want to be. Yeah. In terms of like who you've become, what you've overcome. Also, you know that athlete, that competitive uh, mentality must have come from our Tamilness somehow, no? Yeah. Oh, because like if you, in, in school, when you brought home a 90% to your parents, what would they say? Yeah, it's not good enough. It's not, where's the other 10%? Yeah. You're like, no matter what, you yeah. could have brought 98. You're like, yeah. some kid in your D class did 99 though, didn't yeah. they? Like, yes, they did the 99. It's never, yeah. ever. It, 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 it is nature versus, and nature and nurture, yes, right? And and how like, we were brought up. And all we're like always, and yeah. I'm like, yo, because I think, you know, if they went through like changing it, leaving one place and like placing themselves in another mm-hmm. and I'm like there is no time it's it's competitive in another way mm-hmm. there's just what it is is no excuses mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah, yeah. it's they always taking this mentality of no excuses yeah, yeah. no matter what yeah. like now we're in this like social justice warrior uh like era, era where like people are just making excuses for themselves yeah. it's just like i get it yeah. i get the fact that there are hurdles yeah i get the fact that if you are you know a person of color and uh, you, you might have cards stacked against you yeah. multiple cards and yeah. you might be at, at the bottom of that like social totem yeah. and we can talk about it and i know i acknowledge the problem and in theory we can talk about it as a society mm-hmm. 
But at the end of the day, trust me, no one gives a shit. Yeah. Nobody. Give, no one is going to take time out of their everyday life to make sure that you are okay because of the cards you were dealt with. Yeah. They're only thinking about the cards they were dealt with. And I think as immigrants, as our parents, they didn't have time to think about all this shit. It's right. like not like, when did you hear your parent, your mom talking about like uh, the white man? <laughs> is, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't give a shit yeah. about that. Yeah. They're just like, yo, I got I got three jobs to take care of. Yeah. It Very much so. Very right. much so. And, and again, for me, similar to what you said, and I think that's where we really sort of bonded over this idea is that how will our kids see us? Yes. And it is a weird thing to say, but it is a belief really that if he or she were to grow up and then see the work that we put in and the time that we sacrifice, not all the time, but a lot of time, it is time away from our family to yeah, do yeah. this, that they would have seen how important it was to us, how important it was to believe in yourself and believe in something bigger than yourself. Yes, yes. And then them sort of instill that within themselves. Yes. And what a lesson to leave your children, yes. you know, something like that. And just by, by doing it, yes. by doing it itself, exactly. right? Huge. And I alluded to it, uh, let's talk about a superpower and this idea of having a superpower. Looking at your skill set and all that you can do, what would you consider a superpower of yours and why? My vision. My vision is my superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of skill set, it would be rap. That's like what I practiced the most but like i think it's just my vision because i don't see myself as an expert like i i have created a life where i create art and make music but you know i can't i can't play an instrument yeah i don't i have no music theory knowledge yeah i have no uh visual theory knowledge zero didn't go to school for any of it but i've always had a vision and once you have a vision you could figure out your own way, your own language. Yeah. You know, when I, when I sit down to make uh, a song with Latch, he's very, he's like a virtuoso with music. He's very versed mm-hmm. in actual music theory, playing chords. And, um, and we're making a song, and we make the song, and essentially we're, we're talking about the same language, but using different words or different... Uh, you know, different ways to talk about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think with music and art is I've always had my own way of approaching it. But the one thing that was constant is I've always, I could say I've always been a visionary. I've always, you know, so if I have a vision in terms of like directing music, visually or musically, I've had a vision and then I'll figure out the rest of how to do that vision. You know? But um, yeah, in terms of skill set, rap is the nucleus. But Vision is my superpower. What, what about you? What would you consider? Uh, there's there's like a one and two, maybe like a one A, one B. I'll start with the more politically correct one. <laughs> and, and that is sort of this ability to just have this relentless work ethic. Yeah. Where similar to that. like the last 12 hours where I stayed up till 2.30 in the morning finishing, you know, our longest YouTube video to date. And then waking up at 4.30 in the morning to prepare for this, to charge all the gear, to set it all aside, to make notes, check anything. And then later today, going to speak at an event for a a, a charity, you know, donating my time there. And just being able to just laser focus on what needs to be executed. Were you always that way, even as a kid? I think it was a scattershot as a kid. But I think as a kid, it it was like there was bits of it. Right. You probably see it in me playing video games of just like being ultra focused on getting the fastest right, right, lap right, time, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or like you know whatever maybe yeah, reaching yeah. the highest score, whatever it is. But how, how was that? In, was that in, like were your parents the same way? Man, I I don't know if they were the same. No, you know what? It it, it was it was definitely them. It was definitely them because seeing how they worked yeah. and how much zero complaining happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And working Again, multiple that jobs. Again, yeah. It was them. Right. What am I saying? It is them, yeah. right? Same. My 100% was my parents' ethic. Like, all me and my brothers was like, my ethic was completely yeah. derived from my parents. Yeah. So that's, you would say your ethic is, yeah. is your super. I, I, I was shocked for a second that I was about to say, no, no, it's, it's definitely them, Yeah. Right? And but I can definitely um, say, I, you are one of like the few people that match my ethic or I'm just like, am I keeping up with <laughs> what's he doing right now? It's funny. It's I feel the same way. Yo, Cause I'm, I'm like, like, this guy has another song. <laughs> yeah, he has another know, track. Like, and I'm just like, but it's motivating. Like when, yeah. when I, 
you know, I'm competitive in that way. And it's like, it's even competition between us where like, I'll see you producing yeah. and like, all right, I got to step on my yeah, game. I got to produce this in. But it's one of these things where it's like, it's great because it makes, it raises all boats. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what a wonderful thing to have, to have like, you know, this sort of relationship and find someone else in a creative space and to have this competition amongst each other. Yeah. That pushes each other, of course, further into yeah, yeah. uncharted territory. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. The the B side, the one in the, the B side is I just have this ability to take negativity and turn that into like fuel. Yeah, like if and it's and it's you know I'll tell this to people listening, especially like you know as you embark on your journey and tell stories and so people are going to talk about you and it's not always going to be in good light. Yeah. Regardless of what your intentions are, people are going to talk shit. Yeah. And, you know, I find that now more than ever, it's never directed at me. Whereas before when I was like a nobody, quote unquote, people felt comfortable saying shit to me, yeah, to yeah, my yeah. face. But now everything is like through the grapevine. Right. I've always... That's how you, know you made it. <laughs> I guess, right? And I always hear about it and I love it. It truly... Yeah. And I'm, we've had some passing conversations yeah, where man. it happened and I was just like... It just like it's a it's fuel. Yeah. I eat that stuff, Yo. and I love it because it just gives me that extra above purpose, yeah. that extra layer of motivation to get more done. Yes, being being underestimated, being slept on, oh, yeah. is like the biggest blessing you can receive as an artist. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's for most artists. If you're able to channel negativity into your art, yeah, like that is a superpower onto itself. Hundred percent. Anyone yeah. watching or listening. Please, if, if you feel like people have shit on you, people have doubted you, people have hated what you've created, use that. Yeah. Use that and be better. Yeah. And just direct it into the, like, the, literally what I tell in my head is I'll, I'll hear the negativity yeah. and I'll ask myself, okay, now what? Yeah. And I turn it into action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, as that negativity, like that negative, whatever was said, as it festers in your brain, if you keep saying what's next, you're just going to find yourself like a zombie working for three hours straight, yeah, yeah. you get something done. And that is this overwhelming positivity that swamps that feeling of away. Or like, I'll, I'll be like, Oh my God, I just finished like three projects. And yeah. like, you feel good because you know, this is all moving in the right direction. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's channeling that. It's also like, a, it's a blessing to have that outlet mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't know what I do if I didn't have that outlet. If I had all this, like, fire and resentment in my heart you know what i mean i would just be i'd probably be a very negative person yeah, right? yeah. because we have this outlet yeah it's such a blessing but it's funny because when you think about anyone great that has done great things in the world you know there's always one teacher that the one motherfucker they always think in the back of the head that doubted yeah. them yeah and that's the way biggie shouted out his teacher yeah, yeah. Right? but that seed of doubt yes lasts a whole lifetime yeah. that seed of doubt planted yeah. this huge tree yeah i remember i had a tutor and i must have been grade four or five yeah that you know was she gave me some math work to do and like obviously at that age being Tamil, we are studying two or three grades above our grade yeah and i remember this tutor asking me if i'm stupid and i and like i i still don't forget that moment in <laughs> that pattern on your chest like <laughs> are, are you stupid, stupid? <laughs> are you stupid and like it's some of these like again like these seeds that get planted throughout your life yeah, 100% that man. you almost can go to the library and you pull that book and it's like oh here's a book of motivation for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah let me show you what i can do now yeah, you know what I mean? yeah it is course. so much such a powerful thing Pe people have no idea about like the impact of their words mm -hmm. even in the most passing you know, when you're trying to do something that is remotely, like, not a nine-to-five, people will chip away at you in the most subtle, passive-aggressive ways. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's not even like, hey, like, you probably shouldn't do that. It's not even that direct. Sometimes it's always it's always guys under this concern, yes. right? It's always just like, hey, you're like, I have a plan B. Yeah. Like, it's always this concern. They don't give a shit about it. They're just projecting. That's a great way of saying the guys of concern. It's, it's always under the guys of concern. I'm like, I remember the last day job I had was years ago and I remember this this woman I used to work with and I told her I'm like yeah I'm just gonna do music full-time and she like she was just overwhelmed with concern she's just like are you sure like you know that's not a realistic thing she's like you wow. know like that's not like I know you see other people doing it but that's not like, really a realistic thing yeah. and in my head I was just like I'm not even friends with this like, <laughs> why are you so concerned about what I want to do in my future yeah 
it's always 100% of the time people projecting their negative shit on you. Really? There it is. Right? And I'm just like, you got to navigate through that. And for young artists, I'm like, you're going to go through that your whole life. And the moment you realize it's just people projecting their shit on you. I'm just like... You're not really concerned yeah, you, about and me. And being able to take that because you cannot let that get to you and stop you on your journey. Because for me, like, you know, me telling people that, one, I'm going to find a dream job where I can travel the world and make dope art for a living. Yeah. Like, try telling that to anyone and see if they'll nod in agreement. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really tough. Unless they're trying to do the same thing. Right? Yeah. And and the other one was making becoming a YouTuber and making money off YouTube. Yeah. And saying that early on, people were like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a thing. But do you have, like, a backup plan? Like, yeah, 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 what yeah, you're so, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now we look at it and, like, making, you know, I don't want to say it's any way surpassing what I'm making in my day job. But considerable money from YouTube, oh, yeah. but also my full time job is quite literally traveling the world yeah. and making dope art. Of course, yeah. it's one of these things where if I had let the criticism get to you, same thing with you. Where would all this energy and negativity manifest? Like, where would it go? Yeah. Like, what a powerful just, thing to shape that and direct that and move the needle little by little, yeah. and to get to this place where we're at. And again, still the tip of the iceberg. Yes, and that, both I, think, of our that, I think that goes back to the whole community thing, right? Is by us doing this, it's also like so many people in our young people in our community always have a foot in creativity and then a foot. If I talk to them, they're like, I'm a real estate agent, but I also play the Vina in my. Yeah. And I'm just like, we have this in our community where like we can't see beyond the safety net of yeah. the typical yeah. doctor, yeah. lawyer, engineer. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, like art it's a billion dollar industry yeah, family yeah. Like, there's so much yeah. you can do like we can explore and i think for us to be well-rounded people mm-hmm. we need to be have experts in all fields yeah. you know what i mean yeah 100 yeah, percent. Um, but yeah so i think that's another responsibility and this this have. this leads me to sort of uh i guess the counter to this you know we talked about superpowers and skill sets and all that kind of stuff and being on this journey but within your craft and your journey i gotta ask you though what is your biggest fear Right? There has to be something that casts, maybe not a big shadow, but a little bit of a shadow, but what is your biggest fear within your craft? When it comes to creativity, honestly, I have zero fears. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I fear nothing when it comes to creativity. Mm-hmm. I think it's everything that's surrounding my creativity. Mm-hmm. It's It's that, what we spoke about earlier, is like, if I'm putting so much of my time into this, is all of my personal relationships going to take a hit? If my ambitions are so big creatively, mm. then the answer is of course. Yeah. And that's when the fear kicks in of like, who am I then? Yeah. Who am I as like, as a father? Who am I as a son? Who am I as a brother? Who am yeah. I as a friend? Yeah. Have I checked in on my friends? Have I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, because at the end of the day, that's more important to me, yeah. you know, like making sure that I'm there for my loved ones, but that's a fear of mine yeah. if I'm putting enough time. But creatively, man, I can I could say that I'm fucking fearless when it comes to that. Like yeah. I, I like whether I fail creatively, I'll get right back up. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm so confident in my skill set, in my vision, in my art that I'm fearless in terms of that. It's just the things that surround my create my creativity that I think I fear. Yeah. Like, do you, do you have uh, a fear that's rooted more in the creative? I think I do. I, I mean, the two things that stand out for me is that you know, on the creative side, um, selling out or, or losing touch with what initially got me and put me on this path. Mm-hmm. And I, I and, it's well, something that in, I your, in your field, what would, what is selling out though? What would you consider like doing if I get to a place where I'm simply doing th- doing creating art, that if if it's not what I'm passionate about, that's that's irrelevant because sometimes you got to pay the bills. But if it goes against my core beliefs right. and morals, right, 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 right. that is what I would consider, I guess, yes. selling out. Um, it can't go against who I am, mm. and I I hope that I never even accidentally make that mistake. I, I'm not so worried right now where I'm at in terms of my headspace of doing it consciously, right? Yeah. I worry that maybe by accident or maybe 
uh, in the future if I somehow, I mean, I'm not going to predict the future, but like, what if I lose sight of myself in the yeah, future? Produce and you can, you can lose yourself easily. In, 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 people like to, again, talk and aggrandize themselves very easily and they'll know. Yeah. You can't know 100%. Because you haven't been tested. You get, you, you've only been tested up to this point, that's right? right? And yeah, your yeah, biggest yeah. problem today is your biggest problem you've ever had in your lifetime to, till today. Yeah, that's that's right. why like a toddler, you take away their toy. Yeah. It's the biggest problem they've ever had up until that yeah. point, right? So in the creative space, I worry that if I ever compromise who I am as a human being to create artwork that goes against my core beliefs, right. that would that's a fear of mine, but I, I kind of like having that because it, it's like having checks and balances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it forces me to consider everything that I produce, right? That's right. And, 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 why, and designing all the work that we do, it kind of reminds me why are we doing things. And, I, and also asking why. Yeah. Well, on the that, personal side. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. It's also interesting because that, um, the people you keep around you mm-hmm. is so crucial in, in that fear you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because you know, like, when you see people that are uh, accomplishing great things on, like, global scales, and they're still grounded, yeah. majority of the time, they grew up, or they came up with the same people they started 100%. with. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I think it's once you, like, start hopping into, like, this the industry bullshit, yeah. that's when that fear is real. Well said. That's, that's when you start losing yourself, because you've already lost the people that are kept you grounded in the first place. Yeah. So I don't take that for granted. I don't take yeah. like the people that do keep me grounded, yeah. that do check me, that 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 I love them very much. Yeah. You, you included, like yeah. you're like one of those people that I value. You know, it's it's like the, doing things for the right reasons, doing things with purpose. Exactly. And I think that that, that yeah, that's a legitimate. Because yeah, well said. I mean, I didn't even think to say it, but you're absolutely right. Because you know, it isn't one of those checks and balances to maintain almost like a barometer on you to make sure that you stay on this thing. Cause and it's almost like writing a contract to this core group around you. That's right. If you keep saying the same thing, saying this is what you're about. Yes. Well, they're going to hold you accountable to of course. that. Right. And especially and if they're honest. Yeah, yeah. And if they're the right people, um, with respect to maybe not just the creative process, but the journey itself, the fear is that, you know, uh, not living up to my family, my core group, my wife, my son, especially like I, I fear that if I ever start to create things or don't make them proud. Yeah, of course. I, th- I think anyone might be lying to you if they said that wasn't a fear of them. Yeah. You know, if, if they are a parent or a spouse, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or they're not in love <laughs> or they're yeah, a sociopath. Right. Zero love in their life. Um, yeah, you know, that is something that, again, and it's, it's a fear, but I also use that to remind myself in what I'm doing and the actions that I take. Is this something that my wife, my son, my team, my core group, such as yourself, would be proud of yeah. in the decisions that I make? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, let's move to a more lighter note. <laughs> Not an awkward segue at all. I want to talk about this idea. You brought this up, actually, about uh, capturing, creating something versus designing and orchestrating something. Yeah. What do you mean by this? Toss the question. That's, that's something that I was curious because, like, when we shot episode three, you that was the first time you shot us in film. Yes. Was that the first time you worked in film? I was one of the early times. wasn't the first time, but it was like very when early. You started dabbling in yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the first professional studio environment that I used film photography. Okay. Yeah. And that was so interesting to me because like you shot, and I just fucking love film just because I love like the texture, the grain, the, the grit, the quality yeah. that film brings. But it was... Um, that was the first time you shot film <clears throat> and I know you to be like this very like orchestra, like, you know, you're a guy on your, on your YouTube, like you're a guy's like, make sure you capture the lighting in, you feel like, you're like, fuck all this pose, all these young kids are, <laughs> is that his impression of me? Is that his impression? <laughs> you're like, you know, you'll make sure you get the lighting, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, you've always been like the control you need to have of the shot, but they're in film. There's 100% a letting go. Because you don't know what you've captured. Yeah. Right? You don't know what you're going to capture. Sometimes you, the blur is what makes the beauty of the portrait. Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, when you shot that first series of episode three, I ended up using one of the shots for the, the cover art of the SVDP2 mixtape. What was the biggest compliment of, you know, for but, me? like, right? even that, that photo, because if it was shot uh, digitally, I think I would have went in and edited the shit out of it. Yeah. I think I would have been like, you know, have this high res, I'm going to like... Yeah. make sure like everything is perfect but it was just shot on film I didn't touch it yeah. even myself I'm just like this is what it was captured yeah. and this is what it was yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think with film, there's something to be said about capturing a moment as opposed to orchestrating or trying to capture the perfect moment. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. film is what you get and that is the perfect moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. with you, when you're shooting, was there like a, uh, what was that transition like? And is there a sense of you had to let go a little bit of that control when shooting film? Yeah, because there's two parts to this, right? Like, I mean, we'll come back to the capturing versus orchestrating, but if you're talking about film and digital, you know, for me, it was just this idea of creative exploration. And I talked about it on the YouTube channel before, but the only reason I got into film photography is that if I can go into this world where it is, technically speaking, more difficult and rely, you know, you, it, it expects you to relinquish some control to yeah. the mechanics of it and to the chemicals, I guess you could say. Right. And in that environment, if you can still make sense of it to create interesting, compelling artwork, I believe that I can transfer those skills to the digital side and excel, you know, in just the craft of photography as a whole. So that's what started me on the journey. And then, you know, shooting it there was just this heightened level of presence that is required. That That's kind of what I took away from it is that yeah. when I was shooting those frames, I was just like, okay, just, just get it right, get it right. And it was interesting because the camera I was using at the time was also technically flawed. Right. So that certain images were just not, you couldn't replicate the shots, right? right. And this is... Some shots were out of focus. Even if you, the camera was telling you it was in focus, right, right, there was right. something wrong with it. That, but being able to work around that, and still, it just gave you gave me way more appreciation for the ones that did land and the ones that did come out. Yeah, that's right. Better than we expected, right? And now look at us. There's film involved in every production that we do, and I wouldn't be surprised if our professional work, our film work, actually exceeds our digital work. Really? In terms of demand and creation. It gets expensive with film. <laughs> it does. It does. But it also is way more rewarding in some ways, right? Where you look at it and you're just like, I don't have to do much to this. Like, maybe just a tighter crop. And yeah, that's right. We looked at a few frames from something that we worked on. I don't know if it's going to be released by the time this yeah. goes out, but we just looked at it like, well, there it is. Like, <laughs> oh, those, those shots. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. With respect to film versus digital, it's just one of these things where the journey has been so rewarding and because of the presence of mind that it requires and demands, actually, really, um, it makes that end result so much more fruitful. Mm -hmm. uh, capture versus orchestrate. I mean, that's an interesting thing. The way I interpreted it, you know, when we were kind of like designing this or talking about what this interview was going to be, um, for me, it was about what like it's not just enough to go and take a picture like it's not just enough to go and just click the shutter button it's to consider everything that goes into it and really that's really what i believe makes a great artist great yeah right is to design a system in which you can be successful and i think that's what some of the greatest artists have done even if you look at a simple street photographer their work ethic, their practice, it looks random. It looks like they just went around and snapped a camera in someone's face. Right. But they've been able to orchestrate an environment in which they can tell a better story, see the light better, and, and really develop their eye. Oh, uh, interesting. To so capture that so moment. Even, even, <clears throat> even like people that are, because what I was getting at was like the type of photographers that I see, mm -hmm. and of course I'm not, First on the whole photography world but like there are people that like you know go into like war zones and they're a fly on the wall and they capture yeah the thing and they might get a great photo yeah. and then there are uh from my experience of working with you is like people that orchestrate and design the subject and the environment mm -hmm. in which it's being captured what you're saying is interesting because you're saying even the people that do capture those moments in some ways are still orchestrating it by their experiencing, by their experiences, by like, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting way to look I, at I th it. I think, you know, and if I can impart some of this to any creative watching is that if you can be more of that director, more of that orchestrator and step back and see yourself in the third person, see your craft in the third person, that is one of the most powerful things. And I think that's what really makes great artists, great creators great is that ability to just have, you know, the whole kitchen going and stirring and yeah. frying and all that kind of stuff. And then at that right moment, plate the dish. And that might be clicking the shutter. It might be right. hit and record. It might, whatever it is in your field, right. you're only present for that moment. But for the most part, for the majority, 
you are, again, looking at it from this third-person perspective and, again, really designing success. Yeah. And that war photographer, great analogy because, again, some of the greatest war photographers, I would even argue, for them to suffer so much, for them to relinquish so much of themselves for their craft, to see, to witness, and still be able to consider how to frame and how to tell a story. That's right. That requires so much of you being outside of your moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even see yourself. Like, and I would argue some of them probably don't even think they're great. They just kind of do what they do. Yeah, yeah. But it's this ability to just step back a little bit and to consider everything and to really think about the end goal too. Like, where is this going to end up? And what is the feeling it's supposed to give someone, right? Mm -hmm. Do you see your music in that way? Do you see yourself more as an orchestrator? Or, <coughs> or, like, how does, how does that sort of visual metaphor play out for you? Uh, I think I used to want this like complete control over uh, my music when I first started. Like it's, it's coming from me. I'm like I'm the one making this music. And then there was this uh, moment that I had, this moment of clarity of letting go and letting God take the wheel. Mm. It's like just getting in the booth. Not to be confused with Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, letting letting the higher power do its thing and me being the vessel for the art. Yeah. So that way, it's like a lot of times, all the time actually, I don't feel responsible for the work that I do. No. I'm just it's just going through me, and once it's out in the world, it doesn't really even belong to me anymore. So any any songs that I have out, anything that I have out, it's it's under my name, and I'm like. It's monetized under me, yeah. but I don't give a shit what what anyone else does. Like they yeah. want to do something with it, go ahead and do something with it. I don't care. Like yeah. it's, it, I don't like I don't technically own that piece of art. It just came through me. Yeah. Um, so it's it. it well, I had to let go of that control. It's like letting go, and I feel like it, I just became a way better writer, became yeah. a way better artist when it comes from like. I mean, just for me, I feel like the creative process is. Honestly, just showing up and waiting for God to show up. Yeah, and, yeah. and most times that motherfucker doesn't show up. <laughs> but when he does, it's magical. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's magical. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but that's what it is. It's just waiting, waiting for God to show up. And, yeah. and it's, that's the epic part. A lot of people get deterred when nothing is coming out that day. Yeah. And you know, and that, that's the control part. It's like, because it didn't come out that day, you put it on yourself and you're like, I'm not good enough because it's not coming out that day. Yeah, yeah. But I guarantee you, just just show up. Just yeah. show up. Yep. The process of showing up, yeah. it, you will be rewarded. One thousand percent. You know, well and it, that's it's it's it, that's a tricky thing. But yeah, it's like that. Is letting go of control is like something I have I had to learn mm. to do. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna end it off on this. We'll ask each other the same question. What's next? Yo, this next album, Made in Jaffna. Spring, summertime. Mm -hmm. Been working at this for like three years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hands down my most important piece of work. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that is my priority right now and just a lot of touring. Yeah. I'm just going to be on the road. I've been kind of locked in the studio for the last three years mm -hmm. and I'm, I just missed the stage. So yeah. I'm just like, that's that's priority. Yeah. Um, and just making more magic with you, man. Just like, I don't know what's next. Like, you know, you, <laughs> we know and we don't know. Yeah, right. Because right. <laughs> like, what we're saying is we didn't know how like yeah. the, the the trajectory of this year would change over the course of the last six 100%. months. We had no idea. So, you know, there's one thing that could happen. We're like, well, we're here now. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, what about for you? Uh, there's some tangible stuff where we're going to double the YouTube subscribers. Like, that's just a number that... Like we're at well over 10,000 now, about to hit 11. We're going to double that in 2020. Like that's that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to obviously grow the podcast and grow the audience there. I think this year, I, I just have this weird spinal tingling yeah. that I might create, you know, one of the most impactful series of images in my professional career. And when I say impactful, I, I, again, I'm speaking from my perspective for me. Yeah. I think that's going to happen this year. And uh, you've also set the bar pretty high this year. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Right, like yeah. the shit that we shot, yeah. It's, um, it's... But more than ever, I think this 2020 is going to be a year for me where, it, you know, it's starting to happen a little bit where I can now impart more of my resources, more of my skills to our community. Yeah. 
This year I did one speaking engagement, um, one guest appearance, and tonight I'm doing another speaking host engagement kind of thing. But I think next year, not not as an ego thing, but I just think the opportunities are going to line up. Yeah. Where because of what I create, because of what we create, there's going to be more opportunities to, for me to get in front of people that I can provide help to, resources to, guidance to, whatever it may be, yeah. but just lend more of that out. Because that's important to me, and, I, and then... You know, it's one of my things I look back. I'm like, I could have done more in 2019. Yeah. I think but it's, it's also the, it's the right timing to do that. Yeah, sometimes it's a matter of prioritizing. A matter of you taking care of yourself first, making sure your platform is stable enough first before you lend your voice. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That way, yeah. when you do lend your voice, it's much more impactful. Yeah. It's much more purposeful. It's much more effective. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I could have given you the same advice in 2016, but no one gave a shit about me in 2016. <laughs> and it's the same advice, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah for sure, man. Well, I appreciate the time, brother, honestly. Um, and again, for me to look back at the last year and what we've been through, to, to get to this point, it's, it's really special. And I know we know we got stuff to look forward to, but especially people that are listening and watching, you got to follow the journey. So shout out to Paul, follow his music. The links are in the description, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, all that kind of stuff. Check it out, and again, be part of that fucking journey, man. Because yeah. you you want to be there when it happens. Twenty oh, twenty twenty. I'm telling you, man. It's it's, you. it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's the year of our people. Yeah, it's it amazing. Is. It's amazing. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We'll see you guys next time.